21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. My name is Heidi Luer. I'm the founder and CEO of Raw Artists. We are based in Los Angeles, but have operated for over 12 years in 70 cities around the globe. Our mission is to provide tools, resources, exposure, and education for independent artists that are typically emerging, uh, not signed to any major labels, not represented by any major galleries. And what makes us unique is we showcase all different types of art through these multifaceted pop-up showcase events. Uh, we have film, fashion shows, music, art, performing art, uh, beauty artists, meaning hair and makeup, perhaps nail art. As well as handmade craft and technology artists. And we have done this, uh, like I said, for 12 years all over the world in these one night pop-up events. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> I started the organization because I was a young fashion designer from a small town in Northern California. Basically, I left um, that small town three months after high school graduation to uh, start a clothing line in Los Angeles. And I found it nearly impossible to kind of market myself. I didn't know anyone, first of all. And social media back in 2003, 2004 was barely, you know, existent. It was very I ambitious. <laughs> yeah, we had MySpace, I think, back then, and people weren't really using it for promotional aspects. It was more to, like put butterflies on their page and like tell everyone who their friends were. I tried to market my line, didn't found it kind of difficult. And I had friends, as I always, you know, knew to LA, who were um, amazing visual artists and amazing musicians. And I just kind of felt like it was a travesty that there wasn't a platform for us to go showcase our work on. So I took matters into my own hands. Um, I created a showcase when I was 20 years old. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I had What a about your emotional maturity when you were 20 years old and, and did showcase? <laughs> I think that um, I've always been a precocious person, for sure, obviously. I thought that I, it was fine that I would just walk into a venue in Los Angeles and host an event. So that says something, I guess. And I guess moving from my small town at the young age that I did says something too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was certainly young. I had a fake ID. <laughs> I wasn't even technically allowed in the venue that I was hosting the event in. I 
have this weird thing where there's not much that scares me. Um, I don't know if that's genetics or it's just kind of baked into my psyche from taking a lot of risks and being generally okay. But I was quite dumb (laughs) when I was 20 because I gave away 50% of my company to a new boyfriend at the time. Beautiful. Um, Very nice. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you're helping me work on it. Sure. You know, but it was generally, it was my concept and it was my, the name and I drew the logo and I got all the people involved and he was, I think, in charge, if I remember correctly, it was so long ago now, I think of getting sponsors and he kind of did that a little, but I don't think it was anything substantial, but I gave him 50% of the company. So that was, that was a, a poor choice. And I ran the company for three years. You know, I was just naive. I was young. So dear audience, first uh, one that will send email to Heidi after the show will get (laughs) 3.5% of of her last. No, I've learned my lesson there. I I don't do that anymore. Um, So yeah, I ran that for three years and it was a show called Project Ethos. And um, it was a fashion, music and art show in Hollywood. We grew it to a 2,500 person event. It was very glossy and red carpet and celebrities attended and we had buyers and but the most important thing was we were creating kind of this show that never existed in hollywood before that showcased that took these emerging artists that would have never had the opportunity and showcased them in a really grand light um, to important people that could maybe move the needle on their career and that happened uh, people got signed, people got, um, you know, they sold their art, people got picked up in galleries, people um, got picked up for runway shows and in boutiques. So it was working and it was a really rewarding. What's thing. the feeling? What's the experience when somebody, uh, when, when, when a person, walked into one yeah yeah generally um so this is i'm kind of going way back this was our old my old showcase Mm -hmm. when i was very young raw so fast forward after that whole situation ended up blowing up (laughs) not blowing up i just made the 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 choice to leave because Mm -hmm. of the environment um so i started uh, raw in 2009 in downtown Los Angeles and I expanded it in the way of outside of just fashion music and art I didn't oh, want okay. it to be glossy and red carpety and celebrity attended because I felt like it took the focus off of the artist so I made this more grassroots and to to remind the audience we were just coming on out well we were smack dab in the middle of the U.S. recession 2008 so I expanded it to many different creative genres, including performing art, hair, makeup, accessories, photography, etc. And so if you walked into one of our events, you would essentially see a pop-up art gallery. We typically do these in, in music venues, which is an alternative space for these types of things. 
Um, you'd see a pop-up art gallery on the main floor. And then on the stage, there might be two to three live music acts followed by performing artists, could be a fire eater, could be a contemporary dance troupe, could be uh, a contortionist or something of that nature or a spoken word poet. And then we kind of top off the night on the stage with a fashion show with, you know, five to 10 uh, fashion designers. And they could be all different types from swimwear to um, menswear to formal dresses. It, and all of the artists involved in this showcase are from the local community in which the showcase is taking place. So this is what I have been building for over 12 years. And I've been a, an entrepreneur ever since. And it's basically um, been a sustainable organization. It was a for-profit organization with a very altruistic mission. Um, it was really difficult <laughs> to do this because we kind of were disrupting the art industry in a weird way. We're democratizing independent art artists, um, giving them a platform again in kind of a light that they wouldn't maybe normally be able to have access to. Um, we, with the power of everyone coming together and the power of numbers, we were able to kind of showcase everybody and they could cross pollinate their networks and um, learn from each other and be inspired by each other. And so we kind of created this community all over the United States. And then we launched in Australia and Canada. We were in London for a period of time, got really close to launching in Tokyo, but didn't happen. And then uh, most recently, in 2018, the end of 2018, we launched in Mexico. And so we were providing this platform to all of these artists around the world, independent artists. And we also had an online community. And the way that we have been able to kind of grow as much as we did and in such an organized fashion was our technology. We built it from scratch for ourselves because it was so complicated. If you can imagine going to a concert, right? And all the different aspects of a, con a concert from ticketing to seating, to concessions, to merchandise, to the stage, to the lighting, and every set has a different, you know, aspect to it. Now throw some fashion shows in there, throw some visual artists, throw some people that need vendor booths. It's a lot of logistics and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of communications. Um, but that's also what made us unique. And so we didn't want to shed different genres of art just to make it easy on ourselves. Uh, we wanted to find tools to streamline the processes as much as possible behind the scenes to make it easy and then allow other people to take these same processes and create um, their own showcases. So now fast forward to March 12th, 2020. <laughs> um, it happened to be actually our 11th birthday as a company. That was the, the anniversary of the very first show that I had in downtown Los Angeles. And we, instead of, we were supposed to have a party with our employees, we had champagne, we had cake, we had, um, we were featuring artists on our website, et cetera. And then obviously we were in for a rude awakening. We had to cancel everything, cancel several dates and send 
55 employees home with a furlough notice and we had zero clue um you know that it was going to be what it was you know i didn't even properly get to say goodbye to many of them which was quite disheartening looking back um because we all thought this was a temporary situation right so this company that i had spent 11 years at that point building just crumbled in about <laughs> the course of what felt like 72 hours. And then I spent the next six months dismantling it because I didn't know when the next time we could actually kind of come back would be. Was that some kind of exit strategy, predefined one, or what it was just? No, not at all. Mm. Not at all. I, you know, most of my friends and family didn't really understand what was happening. You know, not a lot of people are in this industry, right? At least that I know. I certainly have friends in the industry and in events and music, etc. And they were understanding of like how insane this was and how deep this cut for our, for our entire industry but for the most part um my friends and family didn't really i don't get it <laughs> like they, um, i want you know the audience or you perhaps to imagine you work on something every day for 11 years and you build it up and then it's just wiped up right In and it, yeah for the greater good whatever it might be whatever the reason we had to rethink everything and there was no there was no light at the end of the tunnel saying okay this is going to be over at a certain point so because it was affecting my life so much i did a lot of reading online <laughs> i looked at the world health organization documents like internal things like how long does a pandemic last what what's included in that how does this work what is the timeline and I quickly discovered that this was an 18 month process at minimum. Hmm. And at I was warning friends. I was like, guys, this is not two weeks to slow the spread. This is not even a month. This is going to be a very long time. And people <laughs> thought I was a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> at one point. Now I think they maybe see that I was a little right about that. Um, but it was just reading, you know, normal things online. Like if you, you could, anyone could look them up. I wasn't reading anything weird. Um, so essentially when I realized how long this was going to last, I was like, okay, we need to make, as the CEO of the company, I was like, we need to make some moves because we're not going to survive this. If we keep our office and keep all of our employees on payroll, unfortunately, or, you know, X, Y, and Z running because we had built this company to run with a certain amount of revenue and our revenue went to zero overnight. So we essentially took the next, I want to say three to six months and just kind of dismantled things, took, you know, moved out of our office, which was a really sad and sad day, you know, um, had to negotiate out of contracts we had with vendors that was extremely stressful because everyone's stressed because their businesses are all all of businesses are impacted by other businesses so it was just like the slap of the dominoes as we're going <laughs> down the pike here um and trying to get our expenses down to an idly 
small mm. fraction of what they were so that maybe we could ride this thing out. And that in itself was just a mountain of work and a mountain of emotion and a mountain of, you know, having to let go of my employees. And then we brought them back for a period of time with our PPP and trying to manage everyone over Zoom was a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. Props to anyone who like managed to do that and had productivity because we certainly, it was really difficult. And it's like, and I get it. It's like, how can you ask? um your employees to do their best work when they're in the middle of you know this crazy thing like we were all going through it in our own way and then we decided to um we we knew that once the ppp kind of expired it wasn't really meant for our industry because we were certainly not like you know, a three month pause situation, and then we'd be back online and generating revenue. No, our, our bread and butter and the way that we'd made money for 12 years, 11 years at that point was ticket sales to events and events could not happen. It just could not. What could we pivot to? I, I don't know how to do a fashion show, a music show, an art show, and a, and a vendor selling experience all on screen. <laughs> and I kind of hypothesized that people would eventually be burnt out on that. And so I didn't want to spend my energy pivoting us to this huge virtual platform that would probably ultimately be moot at the end of this. So I decided to forego that while many of our, you know, people in our same space went that direction and God bless them for doing that. I just didn't have that energy. And I thought, no, we're going to wait this one out. Um, again, getting our expenses down to idle. So out of this came an interesting idea, we started looking at, well, what can we do with this time off? First, we took a very long nap, right? <laughs> it was like, we took a little bit of a breather. Um, we tried to be there for our community. We helped uh, our fashion designers helped make masks, make masks for local hospitals. Um, we partnered with Joanne Fabric and we got the word out as much as we could. Um, we threw some podcasts with on finances and how to budget and how to save throughout this time. We helped um, people get relief. We threw um, with our last remaining resources <laughs> with our team uh, during the PPP period, we threw a fundraiser for artists um, across the US where and Canada and Mexico technically. Um, where artists could pop up in their front lawn or from balconies or windows, whether they were, regardless of what creativity they brought to the table and people could drive by and we made an interactive map and they could donate to the artists. So we tried to, to be there for a community. And then once we completed that, we took our own rest because it was, mm. I think it was really important to do that. Um, it's because it was just listen to you. <laughs> it's exhausting I'm, huh? I'm trying to breathe <laughs> yeah it was a lot of it was a lot of work um so then uh, we, Heidi, Heidi yeah. you, because I'm editing uh, you can just you know take time out and and drink uh, 
Okay. I mean, when you want to. <laughs> I think you might be the first person I've talked to about all of this in the in the full scope. So that's good. That's good. Probably. That's that's the reason why why the podcast is so successful. What about your personal transformation during the process? My personal transformation, I think that I, I've always been a very ambitious person. And I started this company when I was 24. I'm now 36. Um, I am recently a mom, right? So I decided that this would be a good time, if any, to start a family. I got a puppy. <laughs> I moved to the suburbs. Um, I got a house. <laughs> I kind of did a complete about face. Um, my personal transformation went from, I kind of exchanged this ambition for simplicity and kind of just realizing I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> You know, having everything crumble is certainly an opportunity to build back and build back stronger, um, but also build back a company that is, I'm not a martyr to <laughs> because I spent most of my youth um, kind of bending over backwards, sacrificing everything I had, my time, sometimes my relationships, sometimes my health, my body, my well-being. And just my personal transformation through everything crumbling was really, I don't need to do that. Instead of building my lifestyle over around my company, why don't I build my company around the lifestyle I want to have as we come back, right? And in the process, also be able to simplify what we have built and give it away to people. And I'll explain what that means. So I think earlier I was talking about our technology um, that we built to kind of streamline everything on the back end to run as much as we have. Um, what we decided and during our downtime, I kind of came back to what was important. And it was definitely, again, not being a martyr to my company, but also making sure that these are chosen, everything that we had built would not be in vain, that people, because I know that artists still need the opportunity. I know that we have the know-how on how to bring that to fruition. And I know that we have all the tools. And so while I maybe didn't have the energy to rebuild it from scratch, <laughs> because it's quite a bit, I know that other people are very interested in doing so. So out of all of this came the idea that we take our technology, we simplify it, and we make, we create a licensing program. So people can now, uh, right now, just in the United States, but in 2022, tail end of 2022 and 2023, we're gonna be opening this up to international licensees. Um, they can, we basically continued to work the entire pandemic in silence, <laughs> didn't tell anyone what we were cooking. Um, 
but we developed platform by raw artists, which is exactly our software that we were already using and built for ourselves because nothing else like it exists. And it consists of a CRM, a ticketing, full ticketing suite from a mobile app check-in to um, ticket tracking per individual, individual involved in the showcase. It has um, an educational tool that helps train people through the process of what they should be doing when in the production of their event, which is our secret sauce. And we're basically, I'm taking all of my 20 some odd years of experience and I've baked it into the software so people can just have my knowledge. (laughs) They can have it. It's organized. Um, We've included templates and tools and documents and packets that's, that's and what different, they call different things of that offer. nature <laughs> thank you <laughs> on your home page uh, if you can explain a little bit to oh. the audience uh, the, the 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 system become an artist find the showcase bring growth to your community So I'll start with become an artist. Um, So Raw, again, has been an online and offline platform for over 12 years now. And if you were interested, if you do anything creative and you want to be seen and heard, you can apply to a showcase. Um, The showcase director or now licensee will review your submission and then they will decide um, whether or not you know you're a good fit based on where you are in your career professionalism etc um and invite you to participate the cost to participate is each artist needs to sell 20 tickets so it's a crowdfunded event so it really at the end of the day costs you nothing if you are willing to do some self-promotion which is an educational process for most artists in themselves because a lot of artists are afraid to talk about themselves and they need to especially if they're going to remain independent artists and especially in this day and age so um if that's the case there's a whole educational aspect that goes on behind the scenes if you're accepted where your showcase director guides you through the process um basically provides educational webinars leading up on how you can prepare you have checklists you have different things to get ready um and once you participate in the event every licensee has chosen to give different value but the value we provide typically are there's professional um, photographers at every event that document the whole thing you we don't take a commission if you sell anything at the showcase Um, it's amazing networking opportunity you meet a lot of people in your community uh, that are either artists themselves or into art we've seen lots of collaborations come from our showcases um let's see you also locations in your business model, where is the money? The money for raw or for the artist? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I understand for the artist, but if we speak about your business model, you are very uh, society-oriented, artist-oriented, you're supportive, mm-hmm. etc. But uh, for having sustainable business model, uh, you probably mm-hmm. have some kind of... Uh, 
money generating yeah the tickets the tickets are the bread and butter of the organization and that's how the money is made so every artist that is put into a showcase is their commitment is to sell 20 tickets to the show so we have anywhere from 50 to 80 artists per showcase and that's where the money is generated then we have equipment and insurance and the venue etc but there's there's a nice margin there for someone who can be mobile and does works from home who doesn't need a large staff who's talented in multitasking and doing lots of different things and it's quite a rewarding and fun career actually um, for someone so we have done this on this model earlier in our career and we you know, I was young and hired a lot of people to do this on Craigslist <laughs> which was not the best idea and some of them kind of you know ruined the brand and in, in certain locations and we were still recovering from that a decade later so coming back to this model where we basically say, okay, licensee in Croatia, for instance, you can buy a Croatian territory for a really low cost. You will essentially get be given all the tools and resources you need to host this event. You will be in charge of selecting talent that you want to spotlight and showcase in your local location. Um, it's all up to you. And all of the sales from the event minus a royalty fee goes to you directly. So you generate your own thing. We have a working model. It's worked for over 12 years. It's sustainable. It's profitable. It's even more profitable for an individual. We had an office with employees and a marketing team and, and human resources and you know laptops and phones. That It was profitable with that but it can certainly be even more profitable with an individual and running their own thing with the, with the right person who is entrepreneurial and not afraid to, you know, get their hands dirty and follow the recipe. We're essentially giving you the recipe in the tools. Um, and we're making it extremely affordable to upstart. For instance, in the United States, all you need is $2,500 to start with us. Um, and that's, we are pricing it at a, post-pandemic low. It won't be like this forever. Um, the license is for four years and you can use our trademark, our technology, our all of, again, all of our tools and resources are baked into that technology. Um, and basically that the technology is really, and it's hard to explain without seeing it or being involved in the industry of arts events, but it really makes all of the difference in time saving, which means you can have multiple showcases a year, or, you know, you can buy different territories. You can create a little empire here if you wanted to. So for someone who's interested in events, who's interested in arts, who's, who is about, you know, making profit, but for a good reason, you know, an altruistic mission. Um, it's a really great job and career. I did it for a long time and <laughs> I invented it, in fact, <laughs> because I was a person with lots of interests, but also an entrepreneur and also wanted to help others succeed. And I think that's the true testament to success is 
when you can bring others up with you and um that's what raw artist has been about you know for over a decade any copycats um early on yes when we hired a bunch of people from craigslist to do this and we made it free it was like hey you live in philadelphia why don't you come <laughs> to this event that was that was bad um yeah they tried for for about a year or two i think maybe one survived one copycat survived a year um and then they all inevitably fold because it's really difficult to do this um and create trust in this industry because artists are typically skeptical of anything that costs money um but we've been around for so long and it's like our show happens we are there for you we do help you through the process it is a good experience for majority for the majority of people um so yes there were to answer your question a handful and they never they ne never really amounted to much because it's difficult to do it organizational transformation so from from march 12th when you when you had 11th birthday it went to 55 employees mm -hmm. uh you sent home uh what kind of organization we are we are talking about now comparing to to one that was uh just mm -hmm. a year ago yeah like we have four employees now and we all work from home we all live in different areas <laughs> um we are heavily tech focused now so it is a new frontier for me to manage um a lot of contractors and things in this nature in the in that industry I went from I but somehow through the through the last decade having to build this technology and tools that we needed I learned to kind of communicate with developers because I needed to <laughs> so I surprisingly know a lot about this stuff without being a coder myself um I at least know how to communicate my ideas and what I want to see and I also as a layman, I think, have the benefit of looking at something on a screen and being like, that's confusing, that button shouldn't be there, <laughs> you know, et cetera. So um, I'm essentially now designing our software. Um, the software is complete. It's being used right now. We actually have our first showcase in Tampa Bay by licensee uh, next month, Congrats. which I'm super <laughs> excited just, it's very weird to see, you know, I follow the licensee on social media and I just see, you know, our raw logo pop up with all of her artists. And I'm like, wow, I had zero to do with that event. It's such a weird feeling because I'm so used to knowing everything that's going on in my organization of, of people. Um, but so now we're here and we've basically given, I'm giving my knowledge to the people. I feel like, you know, it it's like a mandala i spend so much time intricately making and i'm just gifting it out and i hope people do really wonderful things with it um so 
yeah, it's it's quite exciting. And I am now my our operation has shifted to not making the mandala <laughs> anymore. It's it's essentially building the tools and building them better and more efficient so that people can take this and run with it. We're also going to come out with a white label product for this um, in 2022. Um, we're hoping summer, fall 2022 for venues and um, different people in the industry that manage creative talent for their spaces and events um, to, to use our technology and, and showcase through what we've built. And I, there's already a ton of interest for it because there are certainly ticket companies, there are CRM companies, there are educational tools, but no one really marries all of those things together in one place. And we have applied that to our own business. So we're not these people taking a stab in the dark on what is needed. We've we've done it and we've used it and our 55 employees have used it and given us tons of feedback on all the things that could be better or different. And so you could say it's been in, you know, the making of for 12 years. <laughs> so now we're releasing, it's called Platform by Raw Artists and people can find it on rawartist.com slash platform. If they're interested in the United States to purchase a license, we have several still available. Um, major metropolitan cities will cost around $10,000 over the course of four years, but you can start again, very nominal fee of $2,500. So it's $2,500 a year uh, for four years, plus a royalty per ticket that you sell. We also have some other pricing models that make it, you know, if you have a lot of expendable uh, cash, you can buy more you can purchase um, the license fee up front and your royalty fee will be smaller etc um, but again you know people can use our trademark they can use our technology and they have all the access to our secret sauce and educational tools to um, build a little business for themselves they can also name their event if they want to, to not be raw they can name it something else that's also another option so um, yeah we're quite excited about it. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.